the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 107 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay. Good evening and welcome to the Andrea Kay Show. It's Thursday night and I'm glad to be back in here in the studio at AM 1170 The Answer with my boy, my favorite engineer, board operator, Todd. Whoop, whoop. Hey, baby. Hey, we, Todd and I, we're hunkered down in the studios here because we got a storm coming to San Diego. A few minutes ago, actually, the red light was spinning over in, in, in the booth where Todd is. I said, what is that? It's like the fireman's like thing that, that's uh, on the on the hood of the fire truck. He said, we got a flood warning here in San Diego, don't we, Todd? Yeah, not too often you get a flash flood warning, but they gave us a flash flood, flood warning. And usually it's like in the mountain areas or something, but they said Mission Beach, Santee, you know, some of the city areas. So. Wow. Okay. Well, so we got a real life storm here in San Diego. Now, usually, Todd, that means we get like... A little drizzle on the way home. You know, I got to turn on my windshield wipers. So, but seriously, we got a flood warning here in San Diego. So hopefully everybody's taking heed of the warning, uh, whatever that means out there. Stay safe, San Diegans, especially on the roads, because nobody here knows how to drive in the rain. Trust me on this. Hey, glad to have you all uh, sharing this hour with me. If you want to be a part of the show, follow me on Twitter at Andrea K5. Friend me on Facebook. Uh, You can also call in the show 888-344-1170. And I tell you who has already called in the show. Uh, Someday soon she's going to get her hiney actually back in the studio with me so I can see that beautiful face of hers. Alicia Dern. Hey, baby. Hey, how are you tonight? Well, I'm good. I don't know if you heard just now, but good thing you're over in St. Louis, Louie, because we've got a storm coming here in San Diego. We actually have flood warnings tonight, Alicia. Yeah, you know, it's dangerous enough that the those droughted areas because of water, the ground cannot uh, absorb that water. I can tell you it's been raining with cats and dogs here in St. Louis, but it, it just absorbs right into the ground and it's no big deal. Well, you know, fortunately for you, your fur baby is a Portuguese water dog, so he's probably in hog <laughs> heaven in that water back there, is he not? Oh, he is. If there's a mud puddle, we found. Find it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Fitzroy. Um, here's what we're going to be talking about tonight, Alicia. Breaking news with ABC News, talking about that George Stephanopoulos. We're going to get into that tonight. We're going to talk about Jeb Bush and his his really stumbly, bumbly. Talk about some bumps in, uh, in roads of floodwaters on his, you know, treacherous uh, attempt to get to the White House, uh, among other topics tonight. Last week... Um, we're, I, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about the Amtrak crash. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, we're going to talk about the train crash, actually, that is uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign so far. We're going to see what's going on with that. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to start off with something that's kind of I've had like a pebble in my shoe the past couple of days. I couldn't figure out what's kind of bugging me. Um, actually, it's been the past day or so. And, you know, last week. We discussed the line between responsibility and the First Amendment because there was the terrorist attack in Garland, Texas, surrounding the um, cartoon contest that Pamela Geller had. And, 
you know, I pondered that thoughtfully because really smart people, people far, far smarter than me, felt like, you know, she had really done something stupid and provoked. Um, and you know that I'm someone who is, you know, treasures free, absolutely unabridged speech. But I'm also somebody, you know, I'm cognizant of my behavior. And I'm somebody who believes in full accountability and responsibility. You know, I speak freely, but I make an attempt to do it in a way that's bold. You know, I, I am dynamite in a dress, but I'm also measured in, in how I say things. And I and I do it in part because, you know, I am a responsible person, but also I have a, a, a heart that's kind and I have a heart for honesty and kindness at the same time. And I never operate from a place of, I'm just going to say something, you know, like to be a shock jock. That's not who I am. Um, so I, I was really pondering that whole thing last week. But then, of course, here comes the left, you know, because they're always looking for a way that they can maximize. It's like Rahm Emanuel said, you know, don't let, don't let any tragedy, you know, go, you know, wasted. I think it's, you know, maximum. I can't remember the exact words he used. Something about, you know, letting no tragedy go um, un, unwasted. And, you know, so, of course, they came out with their push for hate speech legislation, which is conveniently just an attempt, you know, this, Alicia, to make any con- conservative thought and speech criminal, which then immediately made me jump to Geller's defense um, because I'm never going to I'm never going to uh, I'm always going to keep us from going down that road. We can never go down the road to where we are criminalizing thought in this country. So that all goes on. And, you know, it's something I've been thinking about. And then here comes Dennis Miller. The other night. Now, I love Dennis Miller. I think he's hilarious. I typically agree with him on his perspective. You know, I think he brings really unique thought uh, to most, you know, topics at hand. In fact, he's one of the only reasons why I ever watch O'Reilly. You know, why would anybody? I I think the O'Reilly factor has just become so phony. It's the all spin zone, if you ask me. But anyway, I do love Dennis Miller. And so it really, really grieved me to hear him say that if he were a Christian, he would be mum about it. His suggestion to Christians was actually to silence themselves, to just keep it to themselves. And he said that, I get where he was coming from, because he said, look, it's clear that we've got a movement in this country to replace church with state. And that's really what the, what the, why the left has done everything they can to try to remove God uh, from every aspect of our lives and from the public sector. Because the, and that's really what socialism and Marxism is about. You know, they want people. It's like Obama said. You know, put your put your faith, hope it, hope and change. Put your hope in the government. That's really what it's about. So I get I get that that's kind of where Dennis Miller was coming from, but for him to actually advocate and he was serious when he said it that Christians should just keep it to themselves it really made the hair on the back of my neck stand up for anybody to suggest that we just lay down and let them take away two of our freedoms two of our freedoms freedom of speech and freedom of religion and you know one of the things that O'Reilly is right about is when he criticizes the religious leaders in our country he says where are the religious leaders in our country and I'm asking that same thing and we got a couple of really prominent ones here in San Diego County and I'm wondering if they're just a little too worried about losing their tax free status or maybe they're concerned about an IRS audit but I think that that it, it, I think that they need to start thinking about the people in their congregation, about what's happening to us every time they stay silent about this. I happened to hear this was bothering me after I heard that Dennis Miller thing. And then I turned on, I watched Joyce Meyer every morning, you know, to kickstart my day. And I watched a recording that was broadcast on the day of National Day of Prayer. And David Meyer, God bless him, said a prayer over our nation. And he explained before he said the prayer that normally he just prays for blessings for the nation on the National Day of Prayer. But he went on to explain that our nation was founded on Christian principles And that we have, over the last 60 years, we have just completely gotten away 
from everything that our country was founded on. And that may be one reason why, you know, we've squandered the blessings that we've gotten. So his prayer was for three things specifically. He prayed for responsibility, which is something that is so missing in our country today. Oh, let's replace that church and state, the left says, that replace church with state. And what that does is it removes the individual responsibility from people and, and has them become slaves and uh, of the state who, who when you become dependent on the state, then they become your master. He says that he prayed for a light to come on in our government so that they would remember what this country was founded on. And that is the U.S. Constitution. And the third thing he prayed for was obedience, that we be obedient uh, to the God that has blessed our nation. And I thank David Meyer for praying for this. Not as strong of a message as I would like to hear, but at least there is a, a leader out there who's praying over our nation. And I am just, I will be, I can't swear because of FCC, but nobody is going to silence me. I it, I call upon all of my Christian friends out there and all the Christian leaders out there that we cannot start this movement of silencing Christians out there. And even if you're not a Christian, even if you're just somebody who values free speech and our constitution and freedom of religion, I ask you to join with us with this movement because you know who really, who's really, you know, it's so ironic because here we're, here we're a country founded on freedom of religion and, and, and freedom of speech. But who is it partnering with the liberals, the anti-Christian liberals? It's the Muslims who want Sharia that are banding together to take away our freedoms from us. And so I'm asking everybody to start speaking out. What are your thoughts on my little uh, my little rant there, Alicia? Well, I mean, I definitely think that the country was um, founded on Christian uh, principles, that uh, the philosophers that um, make up the, the foundation of our way of government, we're Christian philosophers, and our, you know, and our founders, our founding fathers, were clear about their Christian faith, and so it does concern me through this rewriting of history, because when we get away from some of the great things about Christianity, we start to lose our morality, and and I really feel like this is a push towards socialism and communism. You know, Marxism, one of the main goals of Marxism is to get rid of, of uh, religion in society so it can replace it with its own sort of government religion. And uh, the more we get away from our, our roots as a, a culture, the, the more we slide toward socialism, which Absol- in my opinion is an ultimate evil. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I've mentioned this book many, many times, but there was a great book written by a gay liberal activist who couldn't stand America and the relig- religious right anymore. So he went to the Holy Grail of Scandinavia because, you know, that that's just, you know, what the left, you know, considers to be the ideal. Let's turn America into, you know, uh, Norway and Sweden. And so he goes over there. One of the things that he that he he ended up writing a book called While Europe Slept. And he said that it was not a coincidence that so much of Europe has been taken over by radical Muslims. It, they were able to do that because we had Scandinavia that embraced an, a, a, um, an atheist society. And he said, and it's that old cliche, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And it left them vulnerable because they did not have those. Co- he now is a believer, even though he's, it's like I said, even if you're not a Christian, maybe you can still understand what it brings to the culture because really it's fundamentally about individual liberties. And if, and, and that's what a key aspect of, of um, freedom uh, is, right. is what our country was founded on. And, and if you don't have that as a core principle, you leave yourself vulnerable for takeover. And that's exactly where we're at as a society. Hey, I'm going to take a break. and we come back, we're going to pick this up on the other side. Don't change that dial. You're listening to the Andrea K. Show right here on AM 1170, The Answer. Got a baby on Sunday. Got a baby on Sunday. Got a baby on Sunday. 
got questions? We've got answers. AM 1170, The Answer. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. AM 1170, the answer. At AM 1170, the Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Great song. It's raining men. Hey, that got me thinking about something. I, I'm going to talk about uh, Jeb Bush in a minute and and kind of stuff that's happening on the campaign trail. But that song reminded me of, I'm going to talk about the GOP candidates, but that song reminded me of Hillary. Because, you know, Hillary's whole claim to fame right now is her lady parts, right? I mean, that's she thinks she's going to ride that all the way into the White House. But then I saw a pic on the cover of the Drudge Report today that may be some parts that might shove her to the side. Did y'all see that pic of O'Malley on the cover of the Drudge Report with that six-pack? Hey, now. Hey, ladies. I'm wondering if I'm the only one that thought, hmm, maybe it's not a coincidence that he took his shirt off because, you know, hey, fight fire with fire, okay? Oh, so, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, did yes. you see that, Alicia? I didn't see the picture, but now I'm going to go and look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give it a looky. I just wish that, you know, you know what, um, I'm thinking Marco Rubio is kind of taking a rise this week in the polls because he's he you know, we're going to talk about him a little bit in this brilliant foreign policy speech he gave. You know, I'm wondering who who on the GOP side can take his shirt off and look that good um, like O'Malley did. Anyway, I tell you who's not going to look good if he takes his shirt off. He's not looking good with his shirt on either. Either way right now is that Jeb Bush. Um, he has been struggling this week on the campaign trail. Or the non-campaign trail, I guess, since he's not officially running. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit because he's doing some really serious shenanigans, Alicia, with campaign finance. And I want to get your take on that. But I saw this, uh, you know, Joe, during the break, Joseph Aiello said um, that we have our own laws and he thinks that we need to ban Sharia like they do in China. And that got me thinking about Islam. And I saw, you know, uh, Jeb Bush was up at a town hall meeting in I think it was in Reno, Nevada, and this young woman who obviously was just spewing talking points, you know, that she probably read off a HuffPo, you know, she obviously doesn't have an idea of her own. Uh, So she thinks she's got some brilliant way to corner Jeb. So she says, you know, your brother is the one who created ISIS. And, you know, she wasn't particularly articulate. He wasn't really that articulate himself when he answered. And first he got kind of nasty with us with her. And he said, oh, was there a question there? And uh, then he kind of stumbled, you know, around talking badly about hindsight and then, you know, kind of blamed Obama for pulling out of Iraq. And then I, and it struck me. I thought, wait a second. 
Why is anybody, Democrat or Republican, trying to blame an American for ISIS? What is the cause of ISIS? The cause of ISIS, the Islamic State, is Islam. That's the cause of ISIS. I want, and so I thought to myself, you know what, Jeb? Here's how Jeb should have answered that, and here's how every Republican should have answered it. Every Republican should have answered that question quickly without skipping a beat. Islam is who created ISIS. Stop blaming any American or Americans. I want a Republican candidate and a Republican president who's going to call out the ideology for what it is. I actually, and when I put this on Facebook, I had a lot of people coming back and saying, oh, no, it was Obama who created ISIS. Even Republicans are kind of missing the bigger picture here. ISIS is just a group. They're just a collective of people, no different than Boko Haram or Hamas or Hezbollah or any of the other ones. The real issue that we face is ideology. And we need Republican candidates. You know, right now, everybody, you know, all the Republican candidates are talking, they're being pulled in all these different directions. They're allowing the media, you know, Jeb Bush allowed this idiot, you know, young woman uh, to, to drag him into a direction. The Republican Party needs to be taking this issue directly. They need to own it. They need to claim it, not be not be playing um catch to the questions, but they need to be tossing the ball. They need to be quarterback for this. And in in fact, a thank you to Eric. He posted a a speech given by uh, the head of ISIS, al-Baghdadi, who I guess supposedly was dead, but now he's alive. And he recently gave a speech just a couple of weeks ago, which was translated to English by ISIS themselves. Thank you, boys. Uh, And he, you know, begins the speech with an introduction using uh, quotes from the Quran from the Quran that stressed the importance and obligation, and I'm, I'm quoting here, reading directly from the transcript, importance and obligation of fighting the enemies of Islam and dying as a martyr for it. He goes on to cite the examples of the Prophet Muhammad, who al-Baghdadi says waged jihad throughout his entire life. He stresses that jihad and fighting are obligatory for every Muslim. This is based in the Quran. He adds that the participation in battles and willingness to die for Allah are aimed at testing the believers and rewarding them. He cl- goes on to clearly define who the enemies of Islam are, and they are Christians and Jews. He goes, continues to quote scripture as he urges all Muslims to join the Islamic State in its battles. He says that it, 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 that the ISIS themselves are just the spearhead of the war. They're just one part of this overall ideology. He goes on to say that Islam is not a religion of peace. It is the religion of war. Why in the world, Alicia, do we have any Republican candidates saying anything else? Uh, well, they, they're just, they just want to be in denial and appease people who don't want to admit what the truth is about Islam instead of, you know, it, there's, there's so many people out there that say Islam is a peaceful religion, but we have 1,500 years of history to say otherwise. Yeah. And, you know, it, 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 we're everything that I'm seeing from the Republican Party, it's like it, this isn't about Islam, but. Ted Cruz goes out and does an interview with Mark Halperin. Halperin intentionally tries to humiliate him, intentionally tries to make him look like a fool, ask him to say stuff in Spanish, all about trying to make him prove that he's Spanish. And, you know, it was just a a complete um, attack, attempt to attack and smear and make and and diminish Cruz and make him look like a fool. And how did Cruz respond to it? Oh, gee, you know, I know that I know Halperin. He's a nice guy. And he really didn't mean he he not only wasted an opportunity to point out how hypocritical the left leaning media is, how they go out of their way to try to demonize and destroy every Republican candidate. Meanwhile, Hillary hasn't had to answer any questions about anything that's going on. And it it, the and, and when I put it out there on Facebook, 
Facebook, people said, oh, well, he had to do that because otherwise he might be accused of this or accused of that. Every aspect, every campaign policy that they discuss, Alicia, is is coming. Their approach is fear based. They're too scared to call out Islam for who they are. They're too scared to call out the media for who it is. They're all playing a game uh, that's that's fear based instead of taking the bull by the horns. Are you seeing something differently than I am? Hello? No, I think that's true. I think it is fear-based. Hello? I think, um, uh, I mean, some people are just afraid of uh, of making uh, this isn't Islamists this angry, is and then some of it is, you know, political co- correctness. But either one of those, that, that's fear that's driving the train. Oh, yes. Well, you yes, don't have to necessarily it. say that all, right. all of Islam all right. yeah, no is no is to blame. We know that there's billions of Muslims, and not all of them want to cut our heads off. But to deny that there is a problem with Islam is crazy. Everybody knows right. that there's a problem with Islam. Everybody knows that the woman who was beheaded in Oklahoma here 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 you know in America. It happened by a Muslim. Everybody knows that it wasn't Swedes who flew planes into the Twin Towers on 9-11. So why are we tiptoeing around the elephant in the room? The Republicans just need to, 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 to be ran. They need to Rand Paul the issue, just like Rand Paul did the issue of, of the gotcha question when it came to abortion. Speaking of Jeb Bush, I, I want to get into a little bit of his shenanigans. You know a lot about election law. Um, yes, and- I do. <laughs> What's that? One of my specialties. I say yes, I do. It's one of my areas. Yeah. Well, um, so you're probably familiar with this little game that if you're just tuning in, by the way, you're listening to the Andrea K. Show right here on AM 1170, The Answer. And we're talking about Jeb Bush. And um, I'm not I'm no expert on election law like Alicia is. But I've been wondering for a while, um, you know, why Jeb Bush had not officially announced his run. Well, I guess thanks to Mark Levin for posting this article, I now I guess I understand why, Alicia, because while he said that he had had formed an exploratory committee a while back, he hadn't officially launched it because he is amassing a phenomenal war chest through the use of the Right to Rise Political Action Committee. He's expected right. to raise more than $100 million by the end of the month. Um, by um, because political campaigns have strict laws on how much money you can raise from individual donors, but a super PAC doesn't. They can raise nearly unlimited funds, and but the catch is that the super PAC is not allowed to coordinate directly its actions with any political campaign. So basically right. what he can do is he can work with his PAC now as long as he's not officially running, can continue to work with them, continue to have them raise money on his behalf, Um, help them, you know, amass all this money. He can lay out all the strategy he wants. He can hire all the people that he wants right now and, you know, then wait and and throw his hat in the ring. And then we could end up with a candidate who's got all the money to win, but doesn't have the policies or the skills, the charisma or anything that we need as a candidate. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, that's basically the game. So what what he's doing right now is he's going to all the big donors and and when when you're fundraising and you've already declared, you can't ask your major donors directly to uh, donate to the super PACs or to, to any PACs. And so he's getting around that right now because he's going to have enough money in his super PAC that he doesn't need to declare now to get um, matching funds from the FEC. So most of the small candidates, they have to declare early because they need matching funds from the federal government. But the candidates that have good, big money donors, can delay declaring so they can have those donors, uh, so they can ask those donors directly to donate to a super PAC where they put somebody as the executive director who is a close, somebody they trust closely. 
Because well, once they, you know, you're right that they're not supposed to coordinate. Now, there's a lot of ways to get around that, but if you get caught, it is telling. Well, one of the things that bothers me, I almost feel like, you know, it, it makes me in line with the Democrats who are saying that the Republican Party is owned by all these big donors. I mean, basically what it does is it sets him up to be the the event. It sets him up to be the eventual nominee because we all know that cash is king. You know, let, so let me ask you this. Let's say that even in spite of that cash, um, somebody else ends up getting the nomination, hopefully, uh, prayers please, Scott Walker or Ted Cruz or even my gal Fiorina to be, you know, on, on the ticket, at least as VP. Would they then give that money over to our candidates so that they can win, beat Hillary? No. The super PACs never give the money to the campaign. So they uh, operate independently throughout both the primary and general election. Uh, but the Democrats have the same, they play the same exact game. You don't. Uh, don't don't fall for that Democrat line that big money interest uh, and the super PACs are the problem here. The problem here, uh, the campaign finance laws actually made the problem worse. The more we try to regulate, the more it is that the power elite can get around the laws and the rest of the people who want to go up and, and tr- pose the real challenge are uh, basically regulated out of being able to, don- to, to fundraise and uh, and mount a good campaign. So we have our buddy McCain, McCain Feingold, to thank for this. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes. There's actually more than one, um, more than one campaign finance law. But yeah, it's, it. I, I am a definite believer that the campaign finance laws have actually created a worse problem, where the people who have the know-how, they have the legal, they have the legal counsel, and they have the right friends in the right places, can railroad the election system by moving money around in a way that the average candidate cannot. Wow. Well, you know, I, I, I look at Jeb Bush on the campaign trail. I look at how he, he blew that boat, th- that simple question that Megyn Kelly, and, and let's be honest, I mean, I, I think Megyn Kelly is one of the one of the greats in terms of broadcasting. I think she is like, you know, um, a bulldog when it comes to interviewing most people. But, it, you know, she it was such a softball interview that she had with Jeb Bush that I thought, no wonder she got the interview. She obviously negotiated away, you know, a whole lot of power in terms of what she could ask and you know, how she needed to defer to him. So, I mean, it was it was one softball after the next. And the guy dropped the ball all over the place. He let some idiot own him up at a Reno, uh, you know, town hall meeting. I mean, there is absolutely no way that I could support this guy. But yet it, he may be, you know, it may be another Romney or McCain situation strictly because of this uh, money I, situation. I think, is, I think I think it's more than that. I think this Fox probably is going to support him. Um, and I think that's uh, their major player in politics because how they present um, the Republican candidates and even even in the primaries. Uh, makes a difference. They they're going to choose who's going to be allowed to debate in the primary uh, debate for the Republicans. They're going to choose uh, who's going to get the most airtime and who's gonna, how everybody's going to be treated. Fox is a major player uh, on the primary side of this election. They're less of a player um, at the general election because now you're Republicans versus Democrats. But who gets picked as the Republican nominee? We do have to worry about Fox getting softballs to their favorite. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to pick this up on the other side. And there ain't going to be any softballs thrown here on the Andrea K Show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Don't change that dial. Uh, Andrea, I mean, uh, Alicia. AM 1170, the answer. 
Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533. AM 1170, The Answer, now has your answers for professional services you can trust. Introducing the Pro Center, where you can connect with the AM 1170, The Answer community for services like new windows, artificial turf and pavers, going solar, and more. You'll find quality providers like American Vision Windows, revolutionizing the home improvement industry one customer at a time. American Vision Windows, California's number one window replacement company. For more answers, click on the Pro Center link at am1170theanswer.com. Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation. A fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. All natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. This is AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Glad to have you here with me. Some great comments going on, people. Um, I just have the, the best listeners. I've got to read a couple comments here. Charles says that Saddam Hussein did have WMDs. He used them on the Kurds, and he refused to prove that he didn't have them anymore. And a top officer in Iraq said they were smuggled across the border into Syria during the chance uh, after chance UN resolutions he denied each time. That's true, Charles. And he, Charles posted that because, um, you know, before the break, we were talking about Jeb Bush and his interviews and how he blew some softball questions, including Iraq. That Iraq question was an important question, and he did blow it. And not only that, Charles, but I said at the time that uh, when Bush went in, I actually did, did a documentary about it because I said that it was never about WMDs, um, that that was true intelligence that was given to it wasn't accurate intelligence necessarily but but that really bush wanted to do an experiment he wanted to test the notion that all people had had a desire to be free and and he thought that maybe by instilling uh democracy across the world, that it might be a way to stamp down uh, radical Islam. I think that that is an experiment that failed. And um, I, I think that Rand Paul actually said some very, something very interesting the other day because his answer, answer to the question was, you know, when somebody asked him about Iraq, he, looking back, was it a good decision? He said, ultimately, no, because now what we know which nobody's really talking about is you take out these military strong men like Saddam Hussein and it leaves a power vacuum and the power vacuum is sucked up by the Islamist. So the, the 
And it happened not only in Iraq, although that's all anybody's talking about right now, but you look at Libya, you look at Egypt. We take out these military strongmen, and look what happens. The people over there are not used to freedom. They're not used to democracy. And before they have a chance to get underway, the, they're... The people's very own ideology, which is not a religion, it is a political ideology, takes precedent and it takes over. So the experiment failed. Um, I think you have to evaluate decisions based on the information people had at the time they made the decision. And I still support President Bush in making that decision. I want to see what my friend Timothy Shea has to say about it, who's waiting patiently on the line. Hey, T. Hey there, Ange. How you doing, hon? I'm Awesome. Um, you're ab- you're absolutely correct, and, and so uh, is uh, your listener. We have video from the satellites showing the trucks leaving the back of the facility as the U.N. inspectors were showing up at the front of the facility, taking the sarin gas to Syria. Absolutely, Saddam had weapons of mass destruction. But you're correct, and it was that was the Bush doctrine to try to instill freedom. Absolutely. And I did a documentary exploring that, and it, it led into, you know, um, interviews with Nani Darwish and Wafa Sultan, and, and, and basically that's when Nani Darwish said, the definition of Islam is submission. It is about conquest. It is about a caliphate. It ain't, you know, uh, my question was, you know, uh, the documentary was called Baking Apple Pies. You know, can we can we install democracy and overtake an ideology? Absolutely not. I want to shift gears a little bit. And uh, that's not the reason I called in. Okay. the reason I called in, I've got an exclusive to the Andrea K. show. Oh, you do? I do. Former Secretary of State and presidential candidate Hillary Clinton's press secretary announced tonight that Hillary has conducted a thorough in detailed and exhaustive investigation of both herself and Bill, and they have been cleared of all charges related to campaign finance reform, related to <laughs> funneling foreign money and selling 20% of our strategic uranium production to Russia, which is then in turn giving it to Iran. Mm-hmm. The Clintons have been cleared of all charges. I oh, just fantastic. wanted to report that on the Andrea K. show first. Oh, thank you so much. That's almost as good as an ABC report, clearing the Clintons. You know, it has about the same credibility. Exactly. And speaking of ABC, now we know, uh, We, I mean, we've known for a while that the, the, the free press was no longer free. At least now we know what the actual cost is for it to no longer be free. Right, we it's know fifty thousand dollars. I mean, I mean seventy-five thousand dollars exactly for seventy-five thousand. To the true figure, exactly for seventy-five k, you can own ABC News and George Stephanopoulos, and for seventy-six thousand, you can actually make sure that his hair looks good because uh, you know he's cool. all about his hair. Um, well, look, one of the things I do admire you for, and you said it earlier tonight that you're not a shock jock. You do try to be fair and balanced. My father, by the way, has the best take on the whole. Uh, Pamela Geller versus Islam thing. He said, everybody has a constitutional right to be a jerk. Right. And you should be. Yeah. And you know what? I I think she was a jerk with the cartoon thing. You thumb your eye in people. But, you know, ultimately it's about free speech. Uh, You know, I, I... this one thing that came up getting back to this George Stephanopoulos ABC thing is, you know, I had kind of forgotten how ABC has been in the tank for a lot of years, even even before Stefan Stefan Libtard or whatever his name is. Um, oh, Peter you know, Jennings was horrible. Well, not only Peter Jennings, but do you guys remember a documentary 
um, that was done um, uh, in September of 06. It was supposed to air in September 06 on the fifth anniversary of 9-11. And the Clintons threw a big hissy fit about it. And, and ABC was threatened to lose their uh, threatened to lose, I, I guess, their license if they didn't, um, you know, pull uh, the the broadcast. Um, I mean, think yeah, about it, that. It blamed, it blamed Bill Clinton for letting Kenya offered OBL to us on a silver platter, and Clinton said no. And the direct result was the USS Cole being bombed and 9-11. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so, you know, ABC has been in the tank for them for a long time, and, you know, uh, I... You know, so now the GOP says, oh, okay, well, we're not going to let George Stephanopoulos moderate a debate. Okay, it, it took this. Why, why, was, well, why was he ever going to moderate a debate? This is a guy who, was, who worked in the White House for Bill Clinton, who's been the head of the, uh, ABC News, and that's who you were already, you had planned to moderate a debate? Did they learn nothing from Candy Crowley? What in the say, world are they not, thinking, though, they're, they're going to replace him. They're going to replace Steffi with, with Candy Crawley, so it's all good. Yeah, okay. Well, hey, I want to ask you, who you um, being a lover of women and being an honest guy, okay, a lot of talk these days. You know, we got Hill trying to, you know, ride her lady parts all the way to the White House. And now the big thing is we got to have a woman on some currency tea. And Alicia, I want to get your take on this, too. Well, you know, there's been a few names floated about women on the currency from, you know, um, Harriet Tubman and, and a variety of different, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt. Well, I guess Raven Simone, that actress who was on the Cosby show back in the day, I guess she, you know, really stirred it up when she was on The View saying that she suggested that it be Rosa Parks over Harriet Tubman because she said, you know, can't we can't we at least I get our history as a nation, but can't we at least pick somebody a little bit more along the lines of the progress that we've made? I say and I don't know who you would pick as a woman. I'm going to ask Alicia if you've got a name you want to throw out there. But I say let's get let's catch up to the times and not insist that a woman be put on some currency just for being a woman. I think it's patronizing. First of all, and if I were a woman, I would feel patronized. However, if and I understand why they want to take Jackson off, because he's responsible for the Trail of Tears. And let's not forget, you know, Elizabeth Warren claimed to be a Cherokee. And not only is she not a Cherokee, but her great-great-grandfather was actually one of the soldiers that marched the Cherokee down the Trail of Tears to Oklahoma. Okay? okay. Let's not ever lose sight of that. Mm, but yeah. if they're going to pick a woman, I do like Harriet Tubman. She's buried just... 20 miles west of me right now in Auburn, New York. She lived the latter part of her life up here. Was not only an abolitionist, but a suffragette. And people also forget that it's the Republicans that gave women the vote. The Democrats opposed it for 60 years. Right. Well, who would you you pick, Alicia? A monumental figure, but I don't think that it's much of an impact as Rosa Parks had, that she ultimately had as much of an impact on the future of women, as did Harriet Tubman, because she was both an abolitionist and a suffragist. All right, Alicia, what do you think? I also really like Harriet Tubman. I think that the story about her as a person has sort of been lost in our culture a little bit, and it should be brought back. She's an amazing person. She went through a lot of struggles. She was um, not um, you know, a wealthy person at any point in her life. I believe she was illiterate. Um, you know, but she still managed to make a great impact um, on uh, the rights uh, of both 
slaves, uh, African slaves in this country, and on for women. And we shouldn't be forgetting people like that. Uh, I also agree that it's a little bit um, patronizing to women to insist that we have somebody on the money just because of gender. But wasn't Susan B. Anthony on our money for a while? I mean, what's the what's the beef here? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't understand why there's this. I, there's a new push right now because. Um, because it's it's the year that we've we've got to we've got to keep women whipped up into a frenzy. We've got to continue to play identity politics and make women feel as though they've been slighted by America and by the the horrible white you know male Republican Party. That's what it's all about. That's what this dopey, stupid story that even Fox News was covering about President Obama disrespecting Elizabeth Warren by calling her Elizabeth. I mean, I think that I wish I wish outlets like Fox News and everybody would not even cover stories like that because it was so blatant shared. Brown then came out and criticized President Obama. It was all so phony. It was all just too, too. Let's talk about another big story. Um, I want to shift gears into something that's kind of business related that Alicia and I talked about before, which was involving the the Internet story today that's gotten no headlines and no press that to me, maybe I'm being histrionic and overdramatic here, but Internet control is now being shifted from the U.S. government to some group, some consortium vague consortium called the Global Multi-Stakeholder Community. These people headed up by a man named Fadi Shahadi. Fadi Shahadi, okay. Okay, the name alone is making me queasy, okay? Andrea, he's fabulous. You'll love him. Fadi Shahadi. Really, Alicia? This is why net neutrality. Yeah, I mean, such a significant turning point in the history of free speech because this net neutrality paved the way for this. This is a totalitarian regime. And we were just putting a bow on what we were talking about with Islam before. There's a reason why there's a sword on the Saudi flag, okay? Right. And this and, is. And this is part of it, okay? Islam hates free speech and they hate the fact that there's an internet that will expose citizens in Muslim countries to free thought. Well, yeah, and it's the same. That, well, and China's a big player in this one, too. And what's China all about? You know, oh, th- this Shahadi guy said, hey, don't be worrying about any of this, you Americans. We got China on board with this. They're digging this. Oh, OK, I guess that's supposed to make me feel better. The average, you know, really, you know, that that country over there that's that's, uh, you know, communist. That's supposed to make me feel better about what's going on here. They are in charge of everything that's including assigning Internet domain names, numbering codes. Uh, This is a huge story that's actually getting absolutely uh, no play whatsoever. And this Shahadi guy says um, when concerns from the House have been brought uh, before uh, on Wednesday, you know, he said, um, oh, I welcome the fact that Congress is constantly scrutinizing us, uh, that everyone in the world is scrutinizing us. It'll help us be on top of our game and that, you know, they're they're open to, you know, anyone with ideas. It was almost the same crap that Obama said when he took office. Oh, I'm open to all ideas. You know, I'm going to be open and transparent. Meanwhile, you know, they're hiding every, everything uh, and fighting any investigation on everything from Fast and Furious and IRS and beyond. So this was well, really disturbing to me. Attack on free speech, however, it, what people don't realize is the national security threat that we faced when Jimmy Carter broke up the bell system. And my father was in the New York Telephone Company, and then he became our 911 commissioner here. And, but his responsibility included 
Fort Drum, and we were facing a significant national security threat because the integrity of the telephone lines was jeopardized. Don't ever forget that the Internet came out of DARPA. The original purpose, just like the original purpose of our interstate highway system, was to be able to move military material and troops around the country efficiently. The Internet was a redundant communications network. That's what packing switch, packet switching is. If, if well, let's 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 not get too down, much into the, let's not get, yeah let's not get too but, much into the technology. That for well, me, what I'm saying is this this presents a significant national security threat. To well, of course it does. If we're not controlling the internet, then our military is now vulnerable as communication and command and control system. Everything about us is is then vulnerable. Our entire financial system, you know, Wall Street, every aspect of our society is vulnerable, as well as our free speech, which is now, you know, you add this to the TPP trade deal, which then, you know, uh, gives our businesses, puts our, our businesses in corporate America, you know, under these, you know, tribunals. And we are little by little by little. I mean, it, then, then you add in our open borders to it. And where's America anymore? Where's our sovereignty? Where's our, where's our country? Yeah, I'm really concerned about this attack on the First Amendment in a lot of areas. Uh, the First Amendment has been sort of the gold standard for the United States that other countries haven't quite gotten to but have aspired to. It's fundamental to our freedom and to limiting our government and limiting attacks on our and controls on our thoughts and um, our economic activities. And as we start to limit that through hate speech legislation or Internet legislation, that really impacts our ability as a people to, to, to govern ourselves and to stand up against powers that we otherwise don't have, you know, the ability to stand up to. And so it, it also impacts, uh, you know, our free enterprise and our ability, you know, to, right. um, y- you know, uh, to start businesses and, and grow businesses. Every aspect of liberalism is about control. Every aspect right. of it. No, no country has had, uh, has enjoyed as good a doctrine of free speech as the United States. And this backs, you know, g- giving it over to any kind of international body it means that we're going to backslide into less freedom instead of the opposite. They're not going to come up and join us. We're going to be pulled down. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Every aspect of liberalism, you know, and, you know, I don't want to get too much into the whole one world order thing, but I'm starting to think that there's some people that, you know, um, well, I mean, what 41 actually said, you know, that he wanted a one world government. You know, I don't know that. I don't know. I, I think there. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, you know, because I, I don't really know that that's what this is about. Do you, Alicia? I, I don't know either. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist either. However, um, I, what I, I tend to think is that these types of things are being driven by people who want to consolidate power, whether they're government people or corporate people uh, or bureaucrats. Uh, who don't trust the rest of us to mind our own affairs and handle our own lives. They want to control us. And that fundamentally leads to bad things, yeah, whether well, it's bad things in the way of um, uh, disorganization and bureaucracy like Kafka novel, or if it's bad things in the form of tyranny. Either way, um, it's always a slide towards, uh, away from liberty and towards, um, towards tyranny. I think that we do have a government. We have a president that is anti-American. There's a, there's a great proportion, a 
portion of those on the left who are so anti-American that they actually are happy to have less and less and less power. They see America as evil and not a force for they don't believe in American exceptionalism. They think we're a force for evil and they're happy to give more and more and more power away from us uh, out into the world. And they don't care whether it's centralized in the form of a one world government or whether it's just, you know, flitter flitter away out there then you've you know then you've got the ones that you know those are kind of the true believers in terms of true believers in terms of being anti-american and then you've got the true believers that actually are on board with full-on marxism and they're true believers in that and that's that's you know partly what they're about i think obama is about is a marxist who's also about um neutering us militarily and economically. I do believe that there's, a, for many, a cloward piven uh, principle in action, break the system, and then people will start to beg for more government control. And then I think there's those that are just like so many of these rhino Republicans that just care about power. If they can't say anything past their own careers in terms of politics. I want to shift gears to something fun, though, in the last time we have, and I want to keep all y'all on the line. And it looks like I got my, my buddy, Zach, Who's actually on the line? I'm hoping I can keep all y'all on the line with me because I want to. I want to pick all of your brains on a very important. Um, uh, I don't know how to even say this. Kind of an important idea, a concept. Leave it to our friends. Hey Zach, are you there on the line, buddy? Hey Andrea, how are you? I'm awesome. So glad to have you back on the show, and I wanted to bring you in particularly. So thanks for calling mm-hmm. in because this there's a movement up in the Northwest. Leave it to our friends in the Northwest to come out with something really critical for society and for culture. And I don't know if any of you guys have heard about this, but in in Seattle and in Portland, there's cuddle clubs Mm -hmm. that are opening up. I have heard of this, yeah. You've heard of this, Alicia? I had not heard of this before. (laughs) But in Seattle, if you're lonely, stressed out, or depressed, maybe all you need is a hug. Timothy, this may be happening in upstate New York. Y'all got some crazies up there, too. Y'all got some crunchies up there. Um, but according to this report here, that there's a club owner. This is a club, and her name is Lashana Williams. I doubt that's her real name. Her real name is probably something like Allison. But she calls herself Lashana Williams, and she is a hugger for hire, and she has opened up a club that offers cuddling sessions for members who apply. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Now, yeah. I, I want to see what's on the application, Zach. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to make a real quick comment. Um, I'm not sure about Harriet Tubman uh, on a dollar bill or whatever, but I might endorse uh, Michelle Obama's face on a food stamp. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that would, would be apropos. You would, even after finding out that the broccoli in one of her school lunches was served with bugs? Do you still think she deserves to be able to well, you got to get the protein in there, too. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we all got uh, charged for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, you know, if you, if you toast them, then it's just basically cuisine out of, you know, her beloved uh, continent uh, of Africa. Too, too far. Too right? far. Okay. Right. Now, okay. Now, let's get back I'll to Lashana, because yeah. I think this Lashana is up to something. You're up in La La. They're probably going to have some of these in your neck of the woods up in Burbank. Yeah. Soon. Well, okay. she's going to be kind of the litmus test here. I give it about uh, 30 minutes before the first lawsuit uh, happens. 
I don't, I mean, I can't imagine this going very far before something inappropriate goes on. I mean, that's, that's. Well, I, no, I, she says that it's on the up and up. There's no sexual activity permitted. You have to fill yeah. out an application. Of course, you know that, you know, v, Joe Biden's already got VIP status, right? To go to these cuddle yeah. clubs. And she says no touching anywhere with her underclothes. Cuddle club, are you kidding me? What's that? Yeah. I said, I don't wait in line at the cuddle club. Are you kidding me? <laughs> she goes on to say that there's no touching where the underclothes are and she says that you have to come clothed and you have to be reasonably clean yeah that's that's where the lawsuit comes in because somebody's gonna have uh you know a couple shots of tequila before they come in there and decide uh you know they want to raise the level of cuddling um and somebody's not gonna like it and we'll see how that goes i mean we'll see if her little um code of conduct holds up and how much she's willing to uh, take just so mockery isn't made out of her business. I don't know. She's probably going to take a few bad touches here and there. (laughs) But I mean, when you're in Seattle and you got a group of people like that together, your two choices are cuddle club or suicide pact. (laughs) Like, which one are you going to choose? Well, what I found interesting... Was the reasonably clean part? I mean, I've been to Seattle. I mean, I know on. that is so subjective. Oh please, <laughs> anybody? Yeah, I, I, I went to you have to have deodorant under one arm at least. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alicia, did you want to chime in here before we got to go? I, I was just to say I went to college in Seattle, and it is it is one up on uh, on Portland <laughs> um, as far as the cleanliness. But you know, this uh, this cuddle club thing has actually been around for a couple of years. Really, I remember hearing reading about this a little while ago. Uh, actually, in the BBC, believe it or not, this, this is what the Brits think Americans do. <laughs> you know, the so Brits think like, that we go to cuddle clubs all the time. Is that what they think? They're yeah. the ones who were sex obsessed over in Britain. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I, I read about this in the BBC, and I thought they they really have a, a bizarre view of us. Over in Europe, I've, I've experienced it personally. <laughs> well, you know, I think they're probably right, though, to have a b- bizarre view of us. I mean, this is, you know, this to me is kind of weird. I mean, a cup yeah, club. I wouldn't I'm say wondering exactly when we're gonna, out of line. Yeah, I, I'm wondering <laughs> when we're going to hear that this is this is going to be now a requirement that insurance cover this under Obamacare. I mean, that's what's coming oh, next, yeah. right? It's going to start in fifth grade. Kids are, are going to be instead of recess to have a uh, cuddle club. How sad is it if you have to pay somebody to hug you? I mean, wow, your life is. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but that's. So, yeah, so, well, that's, that's what I was going to say. Is I don't pay for it, but they make me give a pint of blood to get a little back rub. It's a red cross. Oh, they give me cookies too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's time to just reassess. Bring, yeah, just spring for the t- surf and turf guys and take your chances. That's do it the old-fashioned way. Pay for the surf and turf and take your. <laughs> chances hey it's a little bit more honest that way right at least hey thanks for thanks for calling in zach and timothy appreciate you got it you guys have an awesome night all right love you andrea later you too babies now, Alicia, we were talking earlier about campaign finance, and um, you're an expert in that. In about a minute we have left, you're writing a book about that, are you not? I am. I'm writing a book on uh, campaign finance law, actually uh, all the laws that apply um, to running a campaign for independent um, grassroots uh, candidates and third parties. And it's really focused on people who do not have uh, the big pocketbooks and the power structure already. Um, to hire the big law firms. There's a bunch of law firms who specialize in this, but they are, you know, they um, are only for the, the power elite to, to, to help them. And so I'm writing a book to try to get 
more people to be able to run their campaigns and do so without getting sued and audited into oblivion. Sounds good. Uh, well, so- well, I want you to tell us more about it next time because okay. we're running out of time. And so you're going to keep us posted on that book. And thank you all for tuning in to the Andrea K. Show tonight right here on AM 1170, The Answer. See you tomorrow, same time. The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.